0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. So today, as we are rediscovering Christmas, the theme of this message is rediscovering Jesus, and I believe that he wants to reach deeply into our lives. He wants to lift our faith. He wants to give you hope in areas of your life that maybe you're hopeless today. I don't know what you walked in here with, but I can guarantee you people walked in this room today with needs, with brokenness, with addictions you're wrestling through, with marriages you're, you're just asking God to touch, with children you're praying maybe this Christmas season that God will do something You'd special in their life, or maybe even Christmas Eve, maybe some of you moms are going to bring your kids to Christmas Eve, and you're just, you're just praying that God reaches down and touches their hearts. And so we have a lot of things we're, we're wishing for, we're hoping for, we're, we, we have faith for, but what, what I really desire is that we would understand that it is the Lord Jesus Christ, why he came. He came to heal your brokenness. He came to heal the areas of your life that that you can't walk this road alone. Somewhere along the way, Christianity has, has become, listen, just put on a good face, just work really hard, and if you do it enough, then God will love you. And that's total opposite. Because while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. In other words, you did nothing to earn his love. He just poured it out on you. It's what's called grace. That's what Christmas is about. Before you were ever born, God sent his son Jesus as a babe in a manger and on a hillside in Bethlehem for you and to be transformed and be changed by him. And so today I'm going to be looking at nine verses that really is the the introduction to the story of Jesus. And, And since it's Christmas, before we get into these verses, I want to look at what Charles Wesley, which was a brother of John Wesley, wrote about Jesus in a song that that we sing. It's called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And I love these old hymns. What's even interesting, the the song this morning, written by Isaac Watts. Did you know that Isaac Watts was rejected by by the normal religious Christian groups of people at the time because his songs were too modern? I want you to remember that before you criticize someone's heart as they pin a song to Jesus in 2018. Actually, uh, uh, there was a whole, there was an article written about all this new worldly Christian music. And they wrote this article about how it was wrong. It makes people want to move their bodies in lewd fashions. It makes them, it, it, ma- it makes them, it makes it, it's, it's entertainment for people. And it was an article that was written in the late 1800s against Isaac Watts, actually. But Isaac Watts, the song he wrote, Joy to the World, is one of the key songs we sing. Charles Wesley wrote thousands of songs. And I want you to hear some of the things that, that he talked about who Jesus was. And they're straight from Scripture. And the first one is this he says, Hail the heavenly prince. Of peace, And he's speaking about Jesus, Isaiah 9, 6. And he goes on to say, hail the son of righteousness, which is out of Malachi 4, 2. Then he goes on to talk about that Jesus is life and life to all he brings out of John 1, 4, which we're going to be looking at that today. And the last one, it says that Jesus came with, risen with healing in his wings out of Malachi 4, 2 as well. And so here we have Christmas. It's all about Jesus. And so I want to look at a passage that usually isn't used much at Christmas time, um, but, but I want us to rediscover something about Jesus. And so what we're about to read is really the introduction to Jesus. And it comes out of John 1, starting with verse 1. And this is what John writes about our Savior. He says this, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, speaking through Jesus, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Without Him, nothing. Was made, which on a side note helps you understand that Jesus and the creation of the world, without him, nothing was made. The manger that he laid in as a child, as a baby, was made by him and through him and for him. The cross in which he was crucified on was made by the trees in which Jesus himself formed through the creation of the world. But nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The world, And this is really what Christmas is about. It's about the light of the world coming into the world. And today I want to honor the Word of God and I really want the Word of God to speak to us today because the more, every time I I communicate or preach, I want to elevate the Word of God because the more and more I I, I get the privilege of, of working with people, the more I see the need and necessity of the Word of God in believers' lives. I believe it was Charles Spurgeon said that a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to a man who isn't. And the Word of God is what what challenges us, what what leads us, it is what guides us along with the Spirit of God together in conjunction with it. But the Word of God matures us. It helps us see the big picture. Normally, if, if you are interacting with a believer that um, they, they're emotionally immature, they get offended really quickly, or, or they're, they're, uh, they, they, they're always defensive and they're reacting, you can usually trace that back to they are not regularly in the Word of God. But the Word of God, it's relevant in every day of our lives. And as we're talking about Jesus coming as a babe and we just read that, that Jesus is the message of the word. He is the message. And I really want to look at scriptures today to lead us in rediscovering Jesus and his purpose for our lives. This whole reason of why Jesus came as a babe, why he came to this earth. It's a very simple message, but man, I believe the message of Christmas is simple. If we could grasp it, it could change our lives forever. And number one is this, that Jesus is and why he came. He is the life. He is the life. It's it. He's the life. There's no other life that you can live that would be classified as life unless Jesus is in it. That's just a reality. John 14, 6, Jesus says this. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Can we just read that today together? I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then he goes on to say that no one comes to the Father except through me. A lot of people like to think that there's a lot of roads to God. You just find whichever road, if it happens to be through Jesus. Yeah, that's totally fine. That is not truth because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus later was talking about the, the contrast of who he was. And so we know this that in the world we have, we have, uh, we have God working in our lives, but also there's an enemy. And then Jesus is talking about some of the characteristics of the enemy. Then he speaks about himself again. He says this in John 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And then here again Jesus is speaking about him. I have come that they, meaning the world, may have life and have it to the full. This is the purpose of Jesus. If you're you're coming in your Christmas season thinking, you know, man, I just don't feel like I'm living the life that I, I want to be living. I just, I just don't sense that closeness with God. I, I want to give you hope today. Listen, Jesus is the answer, okay? It's not your efforts. It's not that you, you work harder. It's not that, listen, Jesus is your answer. But the reality is this. You have an adversary. You have an enemy who's after you. Satan's job description in this world is to do three things, to steal, to kill, and destroy. So how do you know if, if Satan is doing something? Anytime you see people killing, anytime you see people stealing, anytime you see people destroying, they are being influenced by our enemy, the devil. That's what you need to know. Any situation in your family that's coming that seems to be stealing something from your family, killing something in your family, or destroying something in your family, listen, you don't have to look any further. That's coming from the enemy. He could be influencing you, your, your behavior, your emotions. Your your He might be lying to you. You may be falling into temptation. But what I know is this. Most times families are fighting one another instead of fighting the real source of what's going on, fighting the devil together. And sometimes you got to rise above the feelings, the emotions, and, and look your spouse or your, your child in the eye and say, Hey, listen, I know we don't like each other right now, but let's stop fighting each other and let's pray. You talk about changing an atmosphere. If you, if you were to stop, and I want to challenge some of you this season, if you were to stop take hands of your spouse or your fiance or whoever it may be and just say, hey, listen, listen, how about this? I won't say anything and you won't say anything and let's say something to God and begin to pray. Lord, we just ask you right now to come in our home. Satan, we take authority over you in the name of Jesus. We we command you to leave this situation. We command you to stop lying to our minds. And in the name of Jesus, we open our hearts, Lord, to receive your peace and to come into this conversation. How many know that would start to change some things in homes? It really would. And let me encourage you to do that. But what, is it, what does Jesus mean by he comes to give life? What is life? Actually, there's two type of, types of life in the Bible that the Bible speaks of. One is a, it's a physical life. It's, it's bios. It's, it's, it's where we get the term biology from. But if, this is what it means. If you are alive, then you have this kind of life. If your heart is beating, your lungs are sending oxygen to your, to your body and your brain is processing everything, um, this is you have life. You, th- this is what the Bible speaks of. It's, an, it's a type of life, biological life. Everyone has that who can hear me today. But when Jesus promised life and life of abundance, he wasn't using the word bios. He was using another word. And it's this other word that's called zoe. And this is, this is it's like an eternal life. This is the life that Jesus came as why God sent him in a babe in a manger to give us life. And that's what he says life to the full. This is not biological life. This is about quality of life. It's life on a higher place. It's, it's life on a higher plane. It is, it is life that just isn't about breathing and eating and vacation. This is life that is inside of you and is alive and is moving you on. It's more than merely existing. It actually is about really living life. And this is what Jesus came to do, to give us life that is really living. And sometimes, you know, many of us, we, we can see a picture Of somebody, and especially with social media today, of a couple or a family or somebody enjoying vacation on a beautiful beach somewhere, and we say, Wow, that's the life. Or you see someone has a nice home or a nice car and they they live in a great location, and wow, I've always wanted to live it. Boy, that must be the life. Wow, that man, if I lived there, that would really be living. That sounds good. But here's the reality. We all know this, that you can, have, you can have it all and still be miserable. You can still be insecure. You can live in the sweetest spot, have the greatest home with the greatest balcony overlooking the ocean or a mountain scene or a, or a lake somewhere. And you can sit on that beautiful deck with a cup of coffee and be miserable. Because that's really what, not, what life isn't Life is not all about that. Or you can sit in a very humble home and a location you don't like much and be full of joy and be living truly life. A lot of people today, you put on the, the we all put on the successful mask of success. We have a great social image, social network image, social media image. And not, not really. We we can have all of that, and we we're really not truly living life because you're living for the things that are going to go away. You're investing everything in your life to the things that are going to go away, and this is what Jesus is talking about. He said, No, 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 no. I've come to give you life, not the life that you think that you're chasing. Jesus, that's why Jesus said this, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. Real life, though, my friends, is knowing Jesus. And most people would say eternal life means you live forever. But that's only, that's only part of it. There's more to eternal life than just continuing to live after your physical body dies. That's not the whole reason why Jesus came to this earth. Sometimes we, can fo- we put a lot of focus on that because that's important to know where you're going to go after you die because you can't. Once you die, you don't have another ch- chance. That's all you get. So you better make sure you, got, you get that secure. That's why we, we here at the church, we love bringing people into the kingdom of God. But the reality is this, that isn't all that eternal life is about. Eternal life is about knowing God. Eternal life is about having a relationship with God. His workings in our life daily, having purpose when you wake up in the morning to know God has called me. His hand is on my life, and he's speaking to me, and I have a purpose. When Jesus was praying for his disciples, he said this in John 17, 3. He said this, this is eternal life. And so he was praying for them, praying to God. And he says that they know you. So Jesus is praying, God, I, this is what it's about, that the, my disciples would know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you, who, whom you have sent. This is everything about this, what true life was about. He didn't say anything about here. God, I pray that they would be able to go on the best vacations. God, I ask you that you would you'd fill them with, the, you give them the desire of their heart, the car that they really want. God, I I pray that you would allow them to eat the best foods on the planet. Jesus didn't say anything about that. I wish he would have. But he didn't. (laughs) Because eternal life is about this, that we would know God. That you you would wake up in the morning knowing that God knows my name. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm dealing with. He knows my struggles. He knows my joy. He's celebrating with me. He's mourning with me. And he's, he's, being, he's sustaining me through my life. This is what eternal life is about. is that living the life that is full of the presence of God. A lot of us, you know, now it's a Christmas season. And a lot of us, you know, how, how many here have a, have a live tree in your house? How many cut down a, how many of you murdered a tree? Raise your hand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, and we'll call that a live tree. We'll call it a live tree. But it's actually not alive. Many of us have these trees, and, 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 and it looks alive, but it's not alive. It's been removed from its source. It's a, it's a dead tree. And we decorate it. We make it look really good. But it's dead. And there's thousands of people in, in, in our world who are around, look just like that man. They they look good. They got decoration. They got snowflakes on it. They have all the beautiful ornaments and the memories and the, and there's presents under under it. Wow, it looks great. And people decorate their lives with all kinds of lights and shiny things and, and, and the shiny things become the whole purpose of their life and their Instagram perfection. But if, but if they aren't connected to Jesus and living in a closeness with him, they, they have an image of life but they don't have life because their life is not rooted in Jesus Christ. That's why it's the most important thing. And this is what Jesus has come to do. Jesus came to give us true life. That's what He wants. That's why He calls you by name. That's why you're here today, because He's drawn you. He brought you here. He loves you. And so many times we can even get down on ourselves, say, "Oh God, I'm a failure because I don't have this or I don't have that, or I can't provide this for that." But in all reality, none of that matters. There's nothing wrong with all of that, but when it comes to eternal life, real life, none of it matters. What matters is that you would know God and that he knows you. That's why Jesus came, to give us life that we can rest in, to give us life that we don't need people's approval in order to make us actually feel valued and like we're really living it is a security of knowing God and being secure in who you are in Him and thus walking in confidence, walking in strength, and walking in purpose. That's why Jesus came to give you life. Another reason why Jesus came is because he came to be the light. This is we sing, we sing of this a lot throughout Christmas. There's songs written about it. Tomorrow night we're gonna do candles and and talk about Jesus being the light of the world and and how that light can spread. And this whole room is going to be filled with candlelight. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be spectacular. And that represents why Jesus came. But the light that Jesus came to give is a light that we all desperately need. He helps me to see areas in my life that I'm I'm living in darkness. He helps me see areas that, that I'm deceived in. And this is a big one for Christians. And, and I was even talking to the team before we came out. As, as I've been studying this, these this are areas that the Lord's been dealing, putting his finger on areas of, your, of my life. And said, Jason, I want my light to shine in this area because there's some darkness in there. You haven't allowed me to fully have that area. And this is why Jesus came. He came to be the light, not to condemn us, but to shed light on areas so that he can heal us and we can live the life that we just talked about. I think the most liberating thing to happen to any of us would be for Jesus to reveal the areas of our lives that are dark and confused. Areas of our lives that help us break free from, from our, our, our self-accusational life. People who, man, I know people that they think the world is against them. They walk into a room, someone is whispering over there, they think they're talking about me, and, or something sits down, someone says hi to them, and, and they don't say hi to them. Also, I can't believe they don't. And they live in this world that, that, that oh my gosh, it, nobody likes me all the time, and, and that's all birthed from something inside of them that is insecure, because they, they, there's a disconnect between themselves and how much God truly loves them. The security of who you are comes from knowing that God is, he's crazy about you. He loves you. That if you walk in a room and if nobody says hi to you, it doesn't matter. You're still a son of God. You're still, you're still a woman of God. You're still a daughter and a son and you can walk in confidence. This is why Jesus came, he came, light to show those areas so that we don't have to live as victims anymore all the time. He came to shed light on areas and struggles in their lives that maybe we just can't get over. Listen, I know this. I know we are a church. We've been around for 50 years. But I promise you this. We are not a perfect church. You know why? Because I'm here. And you're here. (laughs) Because we're not perfect. So we're going to spend the rest of our lives allowing the light of Jesus to shine in these areas to bring healing. But we have bitterness that we're carrying around. Lies that we believe about ourselves. Lies that we believe about God. Lies that we believe about his word. Lies that we believe about his plans for us. In the Bible, darkness though always represents evil or wrong or wrong thinking. And the light represents goodness, all that is right. And Satan, I want you to hear this. Satan is called the prince of darkness. And and that's why Jesus described hell as a place of outer darkness. Jesus said men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And so we think our deeds in darkness, that we do in darkness or things that are inside of us are hidden to everyone. But God sees them and he knows them. And the whole message of Jesus that he came to shed light on them so that we can be healed and delivered from them. And his light shines into our hearts to reveal our sin, to reveal our brokenness, to reveal that we're all, we're not all that in a bag of chips, that we actually need him so that we can have victory and we can repent. And this is the beauty of all of this. But what does it mean to repent? I, I had a great privilege. I meet with one of our elders about every other month we meet together and He's a dear friend to me, and so we meet and we talk. He encourages me, and we just talk about life and ministry. And this week I was talking with him, and uh, he was telling me the difference between repent and repentance. I want you to hear this. This really spoke to me deeply. And he said this, repent means to change the way you think about something. Repentance means to turn away from it, but to repent means you actually, the light, light bulb goes off in your head, and you realize, wait a minute, I, I don't see that the same way. That I used to. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to change the way we think about things. To remove blinders from our eyes. To shed his light and allow us to see things the way that they really are. And the word of God written about Jesus and the workings of Jesus. It is that light to us that shines deeply in our hearts. The Bible compares God's word to a mirror. So, I, so what that means, as you read it and you see the reflection, you, you can also see the areas of God's Word that, you know what, Lord? I need the light of that to shine on me and, and help me have victory there. It helps you to see yourselves as, as you really are. And, and, and really, it's the lighted mirror. My daughter has one of those makeup mirrors in her room. And have you ever looked at one of those and then screamed horrifically after you saw the image in there? <laughs> Man, those things are Brutal. Listen, if, if, you, yeah, if, you're, if you're low self-esteem, don't use one of those. Women, I don't know how you do it. I'd stay away from that thing. But it's magnifying. You, you flip it over and it's like you see every, everything that's wrong with your face. Like your pores are like this big around, you know. Every blemish. It just magnifies it ten times. But that's what Jesus came to do. That's the light. Not because he wants to, he wants to slap you around. No, because he wants you to say, hey, listen, let me shed my light on that area because I'm the answer to it. And so here's the beauty about Jesus. Every time he shines his light on something in our hearts, he's also offering, ah, now I want to help you get healing in that area. I want to help you live in victory in that area. I want to help you overcome that area. Jesus is the light, that he can shed the light in our areas and replace the areas of darkness. Jesus said this in Mark 4, 22. He says, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. In other words, it's not meant to be hidden. As a believer, it's, it, we have areas of hiddenness in our hearts. It's not meant to be disclosed. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. This is what the light of the Holy Spirit does in our souls. He turns up the light to the brightest setting. And to the highest magnification like one of those makeup mirrors it may be painful but it's necessary for real life Jesus came to give you real life zoe life life to the fullest this is why Jesus came to reveal his way and we've all asked God to give us guidance as the direction we should go in our life or our decision um, we, we, should, we should make. And this is, the other, this is the other purpose of light. Sometimes when I've come to places in my life, I didn't know which way to go. I mean, all the areas looked good. All of it looked right. But God promised us to give us light to show us his way. Jesus came to show us his way to help us know which way do I go. And here's an incredible promise for you today as you walk with this reality and rediscovering Jesus in your life who, who sheds his light on you, sheds his light in your heart, sheds his light in your mind that we can go on a journey as a church to allow the light of Jesus to shine in every area of our lives, of our finances, of our minds, of our, of our motives and all of that. But here's the promise out of Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is why Jesus came for you. So look at this. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you. In other words, you're going this way, and, you, and you're like, I don't know, God, but I keep moving. A voice behind you says, actually, this is the way walk in it. Oh, okay, I'm going to go over this way. In other words, we're on a journey, and we got, we're walking. This is why Jesus came. It's his promise Now, I wish it was that easy. I wish that I would hear an audible voice as I sit down and have to make a decision about something. Lord, there's this option or this option. He goes, and your right option is the option is which you should walk in. Walk in it, says the Lord. It doesn't happen that way. I wish. It would be fantastic. I wish God's directions were like GPSs. So like you get, you know, in a quarter mile, Turn right. Then turn, turn, you know, turn right onto I-70 West. Caution, police radar ahead. I wish it was like that. <laughs> but I want you to know this, though. What i found, that God's given us something actually more reliable than a GPS. He's given us his word. And this word comes to life when we're in relationship with God and we read it. It's a part of our lives We grow in it. We're challenged by it. We're stretched in it. It illuminates our pathway. One of the biggest questions for all believers is, how do I know the will of God? How do I know it? You have to to be in the word of God in order to discern the will of God. That's why Psalm 119 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. God will guide you. As he enlightens your mind through his word, you you can't just pick up your Bible. Now, and sometimes I know I get this, it's called Bible roulette. You know, you're like, Lord, well, God, I need God, I haven't read my Bible in in two months, but Lord, point at it, thou shalt die. Nope, I don't like that one. Let's find another one. It's called Bible roulette. Usually God doesn't speak that way. Can he? He absolutely can. But normally he does not. There is an incredible promise for you and for all of us that God as we are in consistently reading the word of God, regularly walking through his word, the light of his word reveals his way. That's why 1 John 1.7 says this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is why Jesus came as a babe in a manger. It's to give you light. Yes, to give the world light, but he came to give you light. He came to meet you where you are. And the third one is this, the birth of Jesus was number three. It was the fulfillment of prophecy. This is just another truth about rediscovering Christmas. This, he was a fulfillment of prophecy. And there's hundreds of passages of prophecy in the Old and the New Testament. And these prophecies were about predicting the future. Now, some of them have come to pass already, but some of them are yet to come to pass. But we now, we stand in the 21st century, and some of these biblical prophecies are history. Some are future And we can look back into history and we can see that Jesus fulfilled. Here's the fascinating thing He fulfilled all the prophecies that predicted the first coming of the Messiah. He fulfilled them all. Isaiah, which we've been reading through this this series, predicted that a light would come shining into a time of spiritual darkness. Well, here's the reality Jesus was that light. He became blazing into a world that was filled with spiritual darkness. That's why Isaiah 9-2 says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned, a light has come. This is the beauty about all the Bible. Listen, many people are skeptical about the Word of God. Because they're on a journey and they're not for sure about it. But if you are, if that's you today or you know someone, I, I challenge you to study the dozens of specific predictions about Jesus that were made centuries before he was ever born in Bethlehem. These prophecies predicted where Jesus would be born, when Jesus would be born, where he would grow up, the miracles he would perform, how he would die, and even the crucifixion. He predicted all of that. And these prophecies predicted a lot of details about Jesus' life and his death, and he fulfilled them all. It's important for us to understand that this time of year, that when Jesus was born, it just wasn't a "Oh wow, now the Messiah is here." No, no, no. this is a story that God had been telling from the beginning of time. A Messiah is coming. A Messiah is coming. A Messiah is coming. And it was a Messiah for the Jewish people. A Messiah is coming. A Messiah is coming. The Messiah came. And now through the Jewish people, through Jesus, now the blessing to the whole world is through Jesus himself. That we can all be part of God's kingdom because Jesus came into the world. So I just want you to imagine just for a second how, why all that really matters. Imagine archaeologists uncovered scrolls written 700 years ago, and one of the scrolls made a prediction about a particular man, and it said that he would be born in Belleville, Illinois, 1978, in a hospital called Memorial Hospital, and he would grow up in a little town just outside of Galconda, Illinois, and that he would have a grandfather named Lester and a father named Larry And that he would get married to a woman named Cheryl and be a father of a son and a daughter. And one day he would be the pastor of Faith Bible Chapel. None of those are real. That really never happened. But imagine, there are over 7 billion people living on a planet, on planet Earth. There's only one person who could fulfill all of those seven predictions. It'd be me. But we know those prophecies didn't exist. But that is, and that was that's just one, one, seven of them. Jesus fulfilled dozens of them over and over and over again. But he was the fulfillment of the Jewish Messiah, the only one individual has ever lived who has fulfilled them all, and that is Jesus of Nazareth. This is convincing proof that he is the light of the world. And so part of rediscovering Jesus is about realizing that Jesus came. Not to just be light for you, but he also came. I want you to hear me today. He came to be light through you. This is why he came. And we just can't be content to have the light and the life that Jesus gives us. That's, that's, it's, it's where it starts, but that's not where it ends. If you are called to be, Jesus put his light on your life. He began to transform you, change you, show you. You're on a journey. We as a church are on a journey. We're seeking God's heart and his purpose for why he put us in Arvada, why he put us here in Colorado, why he put us on the earth. We're letting him write the narrative. We're letting him write the story. But the reality is this, that Jesus came just not to touch you. He came to touch you and to touch people through your life. This is truly what Christmas is about. There's a powerful truth in this passage that a lot of people miss. And it's found in the last part of of the verse we read at the beginning. And the Bible says it's the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Notice that God gives light and life and offers it to everyone, not just to Christians, not just to the Jews. Or religious people, he gives it offered to everyone through his son, Jesus Christ. And here's the reality. All of us in this room, some of us are walking in the light and we say, Lord, I need more of your light in me. I need to rediscover you, Jesus, in the areas of my life. I don't know, I don't know what it is about the end of the year. I think it's just a natural closure for, for all of us. and things slow down a little bit, even though things are speeding up, we seem to be more reflective on, like, where we are. And we begin to realize, man, there are areas of my life that the light has dimmed a bit. The busyness, we've made some compromises along the way, and Jesus is just saying, hey, listen, let this Christmas be about... You allowing my light to shine deeper into those areas. I mean, it, it's, it, this is what Christmas is about. Jesus came to change us. He came to give you life. He came to, to lift you from a place that is, maybe you're struggling with. This, is, this isn't about condemnation. Even While I'm talking, I'm, maybe some of you, there's anxieties because you don't want to give up these areas. Well, just then ask the Lord, Lord, shed light on this so that you can change the way I think about this area so that I can release it to you and I can live in the freedom that you call me to live in. Maybe there's bitterness in your life. Listen, don't be condemned about it. Listen, you were hurt. You have pain. That pain's real. Jesus didn't come into to the earth to help people who, who have it all together. He came to help people, to, make this, to, to shed light on them, to help them, to give them the strength to offer their unforgiveness to him and He replaced it with His light. There's some of you who are struggling with addictions, addictions of pain medicine. Some of you are struggling with all kinds of of, of things that are going in your life. Listen, it's time that we step into 2019 and we put away the facade and we begin to call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, shed Your light in my life so that I can have the life that I deeply want. Lord use my life to be a light for others. Jesus, let the story of Christmas be a story of my life on 365 days a year that your light came to change me, came to transform me. It it came to to make me the man that I want to be or make me the woman I want to be, make my family the way that I want you. Lord, you have full reign in my life. Shed your light on me so that I could be what you called me to be. This is what Christmas is about. It's about allowing the Spirit of God to come in. Listen, the very fact <laughs> that Jesus was born in a messy, stinky stable was his first statement that he was going to live in people like you and me. His first home was a stinky stable, broken, full of stuff. It was his first statement that he came because he wants to live in our lives. If I was to do a show of hands today, we could all say our lives in many ways reflect some of the areas of the stable. There are areas in our lives that are broken, areas of our lives that need Jesus, areas of our lives that need need the light. And that's what Jesus came. It's a very simple message today. But it's a profound one. If we can receive it. If we can walk in that. I'll share with you guys. um, I've been really wrestling over the beginning of 2019. And and where God wanted to take us as a church. And over the last two days, I've just been just praying and and just thinking about stuff. and, And I kept hearing this this voice inside of me, he said this, 2019 is a year for the church to get healthy. And I was like, okay, Lord, what does that mean? And I just, I believe as we're stepping and we're going to step we're going to begin the first message on, on December 30th. And we're calling it Fresh Start. I believe that God wants all of us to be healthy many areas of our life, key areas of our lives. This includes our our physical health. This includes our relational health. This includes our emotional health. This includes our mental health. This includes our financial health. And I just just felt like the Lord was saying, I want to shed my light on Faith Bible Chapel because I want 2019 to be the healthiest year that we have ever had. On the hist- in the history of our church, with all of our lives. And that's what I believe Jesus, what Christmas is about. Remembering he came to bring us life to the fullest. And I believe this is what Jesus wants to do with your life today. And this is a simple prayer of just, Lord, shed your light in the areas of my life that need to change. That's it. So if, that, if you would be open to that today, I just want to pray for us. If you can, just bow your heads just for a moment. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.